This is Teresa, co-host of the Earrings Off podcast. Journaling can be therapeutic in so many ways. Personally, it's been a valuable tool for managing my emotions. You know, it helps me to keep things in perspective, which also helps with my mental well-being and just making me more self-aware. But there are many reasons to journal, but those are just a couple, a few things that it has helped me with. But enough about me. In this Earrings Off interview, we introduce you to Cassandra Savage. Cassandra is an author, inspirational blogger, and founder of, the, of New Wine Consulting Incorporated. Cassandra shares the motivation behind her new book, Sandpaper and Pearls, A Personal Journey to Healing. Cassandra's book you will hear was birthed out of journaling. Be sure to listen through to the end just to see how therapeutic and life-changing that experience was. Enjoy. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Earrings Off. We want to invite you to subscribe, rate, and leave us a review. You can find us on Facebook at Earrings Off Podcast and on Instagram at The Earrings Off Podcast. Welcome to Earrings Off. I'm Lou. And I'm Teresa. Let's get started. Well, hello. Today we have with us Cassandra Savage. Cassandra, welcome to Earrings Off. (laughs) Thank you. Um, We're going to just jump right into the questions. We're so happy to have you here today and so excited to talk about your book, Sandpaper and Pearls. What motivated you to write about your life? In my early school years, I loved writing in English. I actually, um, one of my assignments was to write and illustrate a book in elementary school. Therefore, since I was young, I had the thoughts of writing a book, but I never knew what I would write about. And, um, In 2015, I started my life coaching um, business. I got my life coaching certification and I birthed um, New Wine Consulting, uh, um, my life coaching business. So monthly, I would write an inspirational blog of encouragement and on personal development. And I was a member of a writing group. And it was during COVID that these wonderful ladies that I was writing with, they encouraged me to put my writings together. And that's when I decided to create sandpaper and pearls. You know, COVID was such a bad thing, but so many, Mm -hmm. there were good things that came out of that situation. Most, most definitely. That's when I really found out I was an introvert. I always (laughs) considered myself to be an extrovert, but um, I think I'm an ambivert, but. (laughs) Oh, I like that. I like that. Okay. So are you saying that you enjoyed being home alone? I did. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I really did. Yeah. Yeah. I, I see that. I, I I mean, not that I see that in your life, but I understand what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Okay. I love, um, I love the title of the book, Sandpaper and Pearls. So talk to us a bit about your relationship with your mother. You talk about it in the book and uh-huh. it sounds like it was complicated. Okay. Um, as a child, my relationship with my mother wasn't complicated. It was, she was strict. 
She was not doing that era. She was born in 1923. She was 94 years old when she passed away. So she wasn't an affectionate person. She wasn't a person to dish out the I love you's or the I'm proud of you's, but she showed it by how she provided. She cooked, you know, and she always cooked a good meal. Um, our relationship became more complicated when I became an adult. As I shared in the book, um, she lived with her own guilt and shame. And that being that she had an affair with a married man and I was the product of that affair. And this is just me talking. I never confirmed it with her. I believe that my mother felt if she celebrated me, that she would have condoned her behavior and how I was conceived. And I, and I just became very, as a young adult, I just became very resentful because I felt she placed her shame and guilt onto me. But I would say um, through our complicated relationship, I didn't realize she was giving me the tools I needed to survive. She left me with the legacy of strength, independence, exceptional work ethic, financial literacy, and she a determination. And for that, I'm grateful. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I love how in the book, when, when you talked about, you know, the relationship with your mother and you saw the def deficits, but then as you work through it, you also mm -hmm. were able to forgive and let that go. Mm -hmm. See how she showed her love for you. And so many mm -hmm. adults, they get stuck there. Mm -hmm. and, you know, well, my parents didn't do this and they see mm -hmm. all the deficits. And they don't see that maybe their parents had struggles or issues mm -hmm. and they were parenting the best way that they knew how. And they and were showing their love the best they could, given mm -hmm. with what they were dealing with at the time. And you referenced what your mom was dealing with was mm -hmm. the shame of all of that. But mm -hmm. sure and loving of you to mm -hmm. work with that and see mm -hmm. that. And it was, Lou, it was through... Um, I, I, God is so strategic, I would say. Yeah. Through her last her, her last eight and a half months of her life, she lived with me. And it was through me caring for her. Um, she had dementia. And through me caring for her, everything that I ever thought dissipated. And, you know, and I was like, God, you knew, you know, just you knew what you were doing. You know? Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. yeah. Most yeah. definitely. Yeah. So also in the book, you talk a little bit about um, failure in relationships, mm -hmm. right? So can you, what, what do you think most people think failure is? And your views on it seem to be different. Talk, uh, talk to us about your thoughts on how failure can be good for you. Okay. Um, so, you know, we now live in a world of social media where everyone posts their best pictures. Um, mm -hmm. We seldom see posts talking about failure or struggle or what it took to get to that perfect picture. I believe failure is God moving us into another direction, or maybe there's something more we need to learn in that lesson. In my book, one of the chapters is titled, Failure is a Teacher. It is a way of showing what your strengths and weaknesses are while motivating you to correct them in any area of your life, whether it be academics, play, or relationships. 
failure is often the driving force behind your success because we don't know actually we don't know if our doctor was in the top of his class the bottom of his class yeah Yeah. and and uh, if our teachers you know in school were they at the top of their class in the bottom of their class we don't know we just know they succeeded we don't know the failures behind it right yeah Yeah. That, that is a good point Cassandra, was it helpful for you to write the book? Was it therapeutic in any way? Lou, it was more than therapeutic. Um, I remember when I pushed the button to upload for print, a weight was just lifted. I mean, instantly. As I stated, writing this book was so liberating and I was no longer held hostage to my past. And I just wanted to mention when you asked me what motivated me to write this book, it was another reason. Um, The true catalyst that motivated me was for me to become so transparent about my past was because after my mother passed away, a close relative decided to tell me who he thought I was or who he thought I wasn't. And this was only six years ago. And so, and I was, I was hurt to the core. I couldn't speak about it for a year. And it was then I decided I'm going to tell the world who I am because I don't want anyone ever to hold that over my head again. And that's when I pushed that button. That's when it was so um, liberating. I know now I understand this, that season of my life was uh, um, God's crushing season In his book titled um, Crushing, T.D. Jakes compares these painful experiences to winemaking. He states, "Like like the great, God has called us to live out his purpose. However, before this is done, we will have to also be crushed, meaning going through some pain, sufferings, adversities, and setbacks. What we might consider as an awful circumstance is God's crushing and pressing. All right now. You, when you say, Cassandra, that you decided to tell your own story in your way to mm-hmm. say, this is who I am. You take mm-hmm. that power. When you yes, yeah. you do. Yeah. Because for 50 years, it's still, it's it's really not a secret, but it's still a secret. And secrets, often just hold you hostage but if you expose it no one no one can hold you hostage over it anymore and that's how I felt I wanted to be the one to tell the world so no one ever could tell me oh so and so is your dad or whatever you know do you have any advice for others who may want to write a book but are reluctant to start would just say if you believe writing a book is something you are passionate about just start writing um and maybe just start with journaling first as i mentioned i started writing a blog first um i would say after you um get your thoughts together that you would um um in in write um in write your book you would get a good editor and i self published and it was it wasn't a difficult process at all but um and it was i learned uh i learned a lot through the whole experience 
So you mm-hmm. self-published. Wow. Mm-hmm. I did. So not only did you write a book, but you learned how to publish it yourself. Yeah. Wow. I learned a lot. Yeah. That's it amazing. Was... Oh, Cassandra, you share in the book that you've been divorced twice and you talk about being ashamed of that for a period mm-hmm. of time, that that was, mm-hmm. you know, a weight that was on you having that, um, as part of your identity, how did you transform from the shame of being divorced to making peace with that reality? How did you? Okay. It wasn't instant, Lou. It was, it was definitely a process, but um, I was one who prided myself for achiever. So anything I did, I wanted to do it well. But this thing called marriage, I could, <laughs> I could not get it. I could not get it right. Um, ultimately, I had come to the realization that I didn't know myself. You know, there's a whole lot of details and why they didn't work. But the root of the problem was I did not know me. I was broken and I made I didn't I didn't make good decisions. Mm-hmm. And um, it it wasn't because my ex-husband's ex-husband, were bad people. Um, it was, was just because, because I didn't know me, they weren't right for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, I went into marriage trying to fix my childhood. I wanted the husband, the kids, the dog, house with the white picket fence. And I got all of that. But I didn't get um, individuals who loved me, who truly loved me. Mm-hmm. Um, and for years, I felt like a failure and until I understood the psychology behind my decisions. And that's when I transformed my way of thinking. Mm-hmm. And in the epilogue of my book, I write, never discount the valleys of life. They are all part of God's plan and purpose, whether good or bad. Every circumstance molds us into who we are. I would not have chosen my troubles. However, I would not change a thing. Those troubles are what made me the person I am today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I yeah. remember thinking, wow, when I read that, mm-hmm. that's pretty good. So you are, I mean, you might not have, the marriage thing might not have worked for you, but let me tell you something. You have quite a resume, an author, <laughs> a publisher, a life coach. I mean, and the advice that you're sharing today, I, I think it's quite quite good. And I, I'm pretty sure folks will identify and benefit from it. So thank you for that. But I want to, the other thing that I know about you from, from um, reading your book is that you're good with finances. So we know that you have a lot of experience in finance. Do you have any advice for our audience in terms of debt management and becoming debt free being uh, and becoming financially stable? Okay. Actually, finances has been like a passion of mine. Um, and I've been working in it for over almost almost two decades. But part-time, I had a full-time job. So now that I've recently retired, I've, I'm all in, you know, and I am a financial advisor and um, getting all my websites and everything currently done in Facebook pages. Um, but I mentioned the best financial education I received was from my mother who had a seventh grade education. She knew how to stretch a dollar. She knew how to save for a rainy day. And that's what we call an emergency fund now. 
Um, she would pay cash for things with little income, but she saved up and, you know, would pay cash. And I watched that. And she, and one thing she made me do when I, I started with the government, she made it, made me give her $15 a week. Now that sounds like it was a whole lot to me back then. And she said, I don't want your money, but you got to know, you got to pay somebody. And she made me give her that $15 every time I got paid. And she was really the one who um, planted the seed of finances in my life. Um, but giving advice to people today, I, I just see individuals who are midway or more, midway or more through their careers, heavily in debt, no emergency funds, no savings, and no investment. Um, becoming debt-free takes commitment and sacrifice. Um, there are many people who don't have financial goals. They may have they may have to give up the latest and greatest fashion, going on vacation. I know I'm gonna get beat up for all of this, <laughs> and and or eating out as much. Um, but wanting to retire and not being able to because of a mountain of debt, that's not a good feeling. Mm -hmm. um, I advise my clients to write down all of their write down all of their debts, their balances, monthly payments, and interest rates. You must know where you are before you map out a plan to where you're going. Having a visual of your debt truly brings you into reality. Organize your debts from smallest to largest. Um, start by paying your smallest debt first, then move on to the next one by taking the money from the first debt and applying it to the second and so on. Um, Dave Ramsey calls this the snowball method. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. So, um, Cassandra, when you sit with your clients and you talk to them about their finances, mm -hmm. most of them, I know people avoid that, uh, particularly when it's not the picture, you know, they want to see. Mm -hmm. But when you sit with them, are any of them really surprised at the extent of, uh, you know, where they are in terms of their finances when you talk about okay, a emergency fund, or this is where you're projected to be when you're at the age where you want to retire. Are people surprised at the picture they see? Yes. And I think it, it, it's because now that they know they're midway, they're halfway through life and whatever, and I got these debts, but a lot of people still don't want to give up their lifestyle, thing, their yeah. lifestyle to get to where they need to be. And um, a lot of people keep things in their head, but when you tell them to write it down and then they have a clear vision of it, it's scary. Yeah, but if some of them, if some people will tackle it, I've had clients that tackle it, credit score raised, um, was able to buy houses. Then you had other ones to <laughs> that would say, that's too much. I'm just going to do with that what I do, you know. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Those are all of the questions we have for you mm -hmm. today. You certainly shared a lot of wonderful uh, information, and I agree with Teresa. We do know that this will be um, information that will resonate with our audience, but do you have any um, parting words or advice for our audience here at um, Earrings Off? I would just say whenever you go through problems, first, um, I'm a person of faith. 
and and because I, in faith and therapy, I'm in in my book. That's how I start. I did go to therapy, and because of my faith, that's how I was able to um, transform my life out from unforgiveness and bitterness to a life of peace. Because those things, if you hold on to, it will steal your peace and it will rob you of your future. You know, so um, and that's and and that's my advice. You know, yeah. and you can um, find my book, Sandpaper and Pearls, on Amazon. Um, you can reach me. You can um, view my website at newwineconsulting.com or you can email me at info newwineconsulting.com. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And if you would, because that name is so unique and you said people mistake you for, you know, yes. talking about wine or your type, but tell us. Uh -huh. How did you, what that name means to you? When I first um, started the business, when I knew what I wanted to do, I wanted a, uh, I wanted a name and I, and I was just thinking of it. And a friend said, what is your favorite scripture? And I said, Matthew 9, 17, um, do not put new wine into old wine skins. And, and she said, that's it. And I was like, you got it because, and I, and I had no idea ever, <laughs> I was going to get a lot of, oh, are you wine tasting or whatever? <laughs> but also a lot of people know exactly what it is, yeah. you know, and it's trans, it's, and it's my transformation. It's, yeah. I, I was that grape that got crushed, but now I'm that bottle of wine that's on your dinner table. And yeah. that's how I, that's how I like to, um, to have, you know, to, that analogy that's great yeah. that is right. great. Mm -hmm. that is great yep all right um cassandra thank you so much for sharing with us today we really appreciate that you took the time to speak to us here at earrings off and you take good care thank you and thank you for the opportunity bye-bye bye, -bye. bye.